Welcome along, naturopath Peter Mullen, and we're talking about stress today. Good afternoon, Dave, and welcome back after your little break away to um, break, de-stress. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Now, 10 tips to manage stress naturally. That's what you'd like to concentrate on? Yeah, well, stress, it's a symptom of modern life, and um, you know, it's, it's a word we sort of throw around a lot, but I'd be, I'd be actually interested to hear of any of um, our listeners if they've, what they're top tips, what they do to help cope with stress. I thought that would be a good... Um, it is health and well-being at 2NURFM. Our naturopath, Peter Mullen, is here talking today about how to manage stress. And Robert's on the phone. Robert, you may have some tips on us about stress also. Uh, yes, I'm just um, just a little, a couple of practices. Um, I tend to walk a little bit and um, keep exercise up, either of an evening or morning. Yeah, but walking. So um, breathing meditation, I found um, taking 10 to 30-odd minutes of your day uh, helps um, just to refocus back in the, in the moment. That's fantastic, Robert. Where did you learn the um, breathing technique from? Uh, a book called Calm. I, the author alludes me at the moment. I haven't got it with me, but, uh, yeah, it's just called Calm. That's great, Robert. And and it gives a lot of uh, different types of meditation techniques, but you don't have to get too seriously into sophisticated types of meditation, just simple breathing techniques. Fantastic. And, and the more you practice, it's like anything, the better you get. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call, Robert. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh. Now you have got ten tips for us. Let's lead off with those. Well, I thought I thought um like two two things Robert mentioned there that and it was great to get his call. Walking, I find for me is one of the best de-stressors. You know, I take our dog for a walk every yeah, night yeah. because she's a bit unsociable during the day. Yeah, and um I find that you know going for a good walk, fifteen twenty minutes. My wife always says, you know, with exercise, with walking, if people think you've got to find an hour to go for a walk every day, you just won't do it. But if you sort of set your sights on just 15 minutes a day and if you've got time, work walk for longer, I think walking would probably be one of my top tips and it's something costs you nothing and you can Don't you find do that you think day. you're thinking about a lot when you're walking? Well, I think, I think there's two types of meditation. Like what Robert was talking about, like breathing um, is awesome. Like it's training the mind to think less or let go of thoughts. I sort of think of um, walking as active meditation where – as you walk, the, when you first start off, your mind might be full of this and that and what's happened and what's on tomorrow. But I find for me, by the end of the walk, a lot of that sort of worked its way out and I'm maybe just thinking about the one or two things that you know are important to me at the moment. So you can sort of walk, mm. walk your restless mind out. So I think um, they're both great tips. Okay. Now, uh, what about some of your other, he- other ones here, part of your top 10? Well, one of, the, one of the big things that people don't always think about is um, hydration. You know, drinking water, like drinking your eight glasses of, and it has to be ideally filtered water. Um, all of our organs, including our brain, needs water to function properly. And studies show that, you know, being dehydrated by just half a litre can increase your cortisol um, or your stress level. So if you're dehydrated, your body will actually increase those stress hormones. Mm-hmm. And then you think about all the things we do to help us cope with stress or being tired and things like drinking coffee, drinking Coke for those people that drink Coke, drinking alcohol, um, having high processed foods with sugar and fat and um, salt particularly. All of those things dehydrate us. So 
you can sort of see how easy it is that you know a lot of a lot of patients that I see are dehydrated. Well, that pretty much comes in at number two on your list, which is avoiding caffeine, which is present in Coca Cola or in any cola really, and also in ca- in the coffees we drink. Yeah, absolutely. So number one, hydration. Number two is to avoid um, caffeine and caffeinated drinks. And you think about when we were kids growing up, coffee shops weren't around. Yeah. Were they? Our parents no. drank instant coffee out of a tin. That's right. Maybe one a day, but no one went to coffee shops. We've got this whole new culture now of, yeah. you know, we all can't get through the day without, you know, one or two cups of coffee. Um, so coffee, tea, caffeinated soft drinks are a big thing. All these soft drinks the kids are drinking that um, have caffeine in them. Caffeine causes your adrenal glands to release adrenaline. So it does. Caffeine actually stresses the body, causes your body to respond as if it's stressed. Um and it does give you a temporary boost, stimulates the dopamine receptors in the brain. It really does have a drug-like effect. Right. And I know for me, when I used to drink coffee regularly, and I don't drink coffee now, but when I used to drink coffee regularly, my mood would improve. Oh. If I was feeling cranky or tired or irritable, I'd have a cup of coffee, and all of a sudden, the day would have a brighter outlook. Okay. Yeah. So it was really talking to my dopamine receptors in my brain. So having to rely on something like that every day that's going to wear out your adrenals and wear yeah. out your stress coping. Um, the downside of that, after you have the boost with coffee, what happens? You tend to crash. You drop, yeah. yeah. So then you feel fatigued and you can even feel a bit depressed or low mood later. So often then what we do is think, okay, I'll have another cup of coffee. So you can get in a bad cycle. Um, caffeine has a half-life of about four to six hours. So that means if you have a cup of coffee, half six hours later, you've still got half the amount of that caffeine in your bloodstream. So even some people that have sleep disturbances, we've talked about that before, too much coffee, like one cup of coffee a day for some people, if they're sensitive, if they're stressed, can disrupt your sleep patterns of a night time. And again, relying on more and more caffeine to get through the day. You know, I had someone in at work the other day and they drank nine cups of coffee a day. Oh my, wow. But then they also had half a bottle of wine of a night time to, you know, the uppers and the downers. Mm -hmm. And they were aware that was happening, but... You know, we're just looking at strategies to break that cycle. Um, by the evening, you'll be exhausted, agitated, unable to sleep. Um, and then uh, coffee also, interestingly, people drink a black coffee thinking that's going to stimulate their metabolism and help them to lose weight. But coffee actually leads to an increased level of cortisol, which is our long-term stress co- coping hormone. And cortisol can contribute to weight gain around the, around the middle, you know, pre-diabetes, all sorts of, all sorts of issues. Good afternoon, Ron. How do you cope with stress there at Arcadia Vale? I, um, I'll be 77 tomorrow. Happy birthday for tomorrow. Around, I've had a history of anxiety and stre- really bad stress. I've, the, the medical, medical people have started the front of the drug book and worked their way through. I turn around and I've done walking, I've done yoga, you name it, I've done it. I find now that I take 500 milligrams of krill every day. Yes. And it seems to keep me on an even curl. Okay. Okay. And what I would like to ask you is, because I've been taking this krill for quite some time and it's the only thing that seems to keep me, like, pretty good, uh, would, what's your advice compa- to compare krill to fish oil? Um, are you talking about cruel from an anti-anxiety point of view or just general health? Um, mainly anti-anxiety. Well, look, I think um, if you've, like anything, if you find something that works really well for you, I would stick with that. Um, krill does have some anti-inflammatory properties. I haven't come across 
much research linking krill to um, anxiety. But as I said, if you feel that taking that 500 milligrams a day is making a difference, then um, I would stick with that. The only, excuse me, the only thing I find with me anyway, it probably works with me probably better than some people, but if because of the cost of the krill and being on the pension, sometimes I've stopped taking it and I find that within a matter of days, I seem to have gone out backwards. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, whether this is psychosomatic or whether, you know, whether I just... But once I get back on the krill... You feel better. A couple of days' time, it takes probably nearly a week, and yes. I start to, start to feel really good again. Yeah, look, I, look, I think, um, mate, if, if, as I said, if you find something that's working for you, I'd stick with that. You know, fish oil is um, different to krill oil. Fish oil, I think, of more of an anti-inflammatory cardiovascular disease, um, good for joints, etc. Krill traditionally I think of more for cholesterol, good antioxidant value and some anti-inflammatory effects. But seriously, maybe it's the antioxidant component that's helping with your adrenals and stress coping. But if there's something there that's helping, Ron, I'd definitely stick with the krill. How about Ronnie's birthdays on Star Wars Day? May the 4th be with you, Ron. <laughs> Happy birthday for tomorrow. Thank you for calling us. And we're continuing on now. And the third tip of how to manage stress naturally, practice mindfulness while eating. How do you do that? Well, I always sort of, you know, say that the, the worst types of stress, people think of stress as being, you know, traumatic events, you know, a, an accident, um, losing a job, you know, relationship ending. And and these traumatic events create a lot of stress. But the worst, the the what... I find aggravates or makes those situations worse is what I call um, underlying stress or chronic, unrelenting, unremitting. It's like that pace of life, you know, we're just busy all the time. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we're so busy that we don't take the time out to actually check in with our bodies. So I tell my patients, I call it foodfulness. You know, we're all heading towards being more mindful. But I tell my patients, every time you eat, before you eat anything, before you put a food, anything in your mouth, just put your hand over your mouth and just stop, take a deep breath, Sit down, make sure you put your food on a plate, break it up into small pieces and actually sit down and make yourself eat, chew well and eat slowly. So every time you eat anything, it's an opportunity to stop and just check in and see where your body's up to. Mm. So it's a way of just triggering that self-assessment. If you find you're eating your lunch or you're halfway through your lunch and you've eaten you know, half your lunch and half your sandwich, half your arm as well, you, and like you're bolting your food down, you know you've got to put it down walk away, take a deep breath, settle yourself down, and then go back and consciously work to slow yourself down. So it's just a way of checking in with um, you know, where you're up to. Um, don't eat, never eat in front of the TV. You know, that is the, yeah, the epitome yeah. of mindful, mindless eating. Um, eating in bed, again, same thing, mindless eating. So you always want to make sure that eating something you do consciously. Righto. Now, another suggestion, eat whole foods daily. Well, a little bit like what Ron was talking about or asking questions about there with krill, you know, including lots of organic fresh vegetables and fruit, good quality proteins, um, superfoods like green tea, berries, salmon, broccoli and turmeric are all beneficial for their antioxidant and anti-inflammatory qualities. All of these things will help to calm your over over exacerbated nervous system, and it was I will check up on what Ron asked about krill, but I imagine it's the antioxidant component that's helping him with his anxiety. Okay, now we're up to the fifth part. We're halfway through our top tens. Get moving, which pretty much harks back to what you said at the beginning. Go for a walk. Yeah, or our first caller this morning, Rob. You know, talking about um, 
we're going for a walk and you know enjoying a minimum of 30 minutes of moderate activity five to six times a week um if you can get a bit of sun exposure as well vitamin d you know a lot of our patients come back low in vitamin d vitamin d again helps with stress and anxiety and immune function and brain health so you know going for a walk you're, you're moving you're getting vitamin d you're increasing oxygenation so there's a lot of processes. You're improving your blood sugar regulation. You're bringing your cortisol down. So going for a walk is actually you know, going to have a greater positive effect on every single cell and function in your body than taking a fistful of any sort of supplements or medication or tablets. So honestly, like going for a walk is the, 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 the absolute best thing we can do from a health point of view. And you know the theory that we all should be walking about 10,000 steps a day. Mm. It's hard for us to get that unless yeah. we actually go on a dedicated walk. But as my wife said, if you've got to try and find an hour every day to go for a walk, you know, everyone's crying about being time poor. If you just commit to 15 minutes a day and if you've got the time, make it longer, that's a great start. It's Health and Wellbeing and Peter Mullen, our naturopath here. Let's continue on. We're halfway through our 10 tips to manage stress naturally. What's our next tip you've got for us? Number six is managing a healthy weight. Now, interestingly, um, Carrying extra weight, even carrying five kilos more body fat than what's ideal, is quite inflammatory. And anything that's inflammation, you know, we've talked about inflammation before on this show. And um, anything that promotes inflammation in the body will cause your stress coping system to turn turn up. So carrying extra weight is inflammatory and will cause anxiety or cause increased stress on the body. So, you know, we've talked before about, you know, avoiding sweets, refined foods and processed foods. The other thing that can aggravate the stress response is if people have blood sugar irregularity. So say if someone has a sugary breakfast cereal for breakfast, their blood sugars will shoot up. Mid-morning, they're likely to crash. And often when they crash, that's when your body or your brain says, I need more sugar. Mm. So every time someone has a sugar hit and a sugar crash, that's causing their adrenaline to go up and down. up. Like So it really exacerbates yeah, yeah. that stress response. So avoiding sugar and processed foods, snack on things like you know raw almonds 10 at a time, uh, fresh fruit, yogurt, if you can tolerate dairy. Um, I love things like hummus, homemade hummus and carrot and celery sticks. So these low GI foods are perfect snacks for maintaining and balancing blood sugar levels. Number seven is after exercise and equal with hydration is get plenty of sleep. You know, a lot of a lot of my patients, you know, survive on about six hours sleep a night. And I sort of think six hours sleep is really sleep deprivation. Um, it's the hours before midnight that count. We should ideally have eight to nine hours of sleep um, per night. Right, yes. Um, and it's something that I'm seeing more and more with patients. Like a lot of people are coming in these days with stress and anxiety and they also have sleep disturbance problems. So it can be a cause, an aggravator, or it can be a sign of stress and anxiety. Right, yes. Next week, I think on the radio here, I'm going to be talking more about anxiety as the, the condition. And um, the following week about adrenal fatigue. So we'll go more in depth with that yes, in sleep yes. patterns then. Yeah. Number eight, um, a favorite of mine, practice relaxation regularly. Uh, learn Tai Chi. And I think I saw something advertised here at the uni that they were running Tai Chi courses. Yeah, they do here. And uh, it's at the uh, Chinese Institute Okay. At the University of Newcastle. Of course, we have more details on that here at 2 on your RFM. If you call, we can tell you more details about that. The Confucius Institute, they do Tai Chi, yeah. Yeah, well, I've, I've done a little bit of Tai Chi, and I found it to be fantastic for really just quietening the mind. Um, I particularly like yoga. Um, and, you know, with yoga and Tai Chi, there's always that meditation component. And there's even some groups around Newcastle that um, you can go to and learn 
meditation. Um, there's also some great apps. Um, AB, there's a couple of good apps on that people can download yeah. on the internet if they just Google um, free meditation apps. And they're like guided apps that will take you through meditation. So, you know, that's the great thing with um, – and even things like yoga, you can get online and do yoga. So there's so many resources out there now, even for people that have trouble getting around. But having some sort of regular re- regular relaxation exercise, and it may even just be that, you know, when you go for your walk, that at the, the end of your walk, you sit down at the beach for five minutes and just look at the water. Yeah. But I think the more we can experience feeling at peace, that helps the body to think, oh, hang on a minute. I don't have to feel so revved up and on the go. It's okay to be busy, but it's okay to turn back off and actually feel relaxed as well. Mm-hmm. Not that undercurrent. Now, Peter, your number nine tip, I like this one, take natural medicines. Yeah, well, look, I, I, that's what that's what, that's what what I do basically is um, help people work out what supplements they do need to be taking. Um, from a stress point of view, a lot of my clients that suffer chronic muscular and neck problems, restless legs, um, one of the signs of being low in this nutrient is if you ever get a flicker in your lower eyelid. Mm. So I always see that as a sign of stress and that person needing magnesium. Okay. So magnesium would be one of my top mostly prescribed minerals that I would use. Um, I'm a big fan of vitamin B complex, a good quality B complex. Um, we use a lot of Bs for our adrenal glands to function. Interestingly, um, people don't realize vitamin C is probably one of the most essential adrenal and stress coping vitamins and again we use up a lot of vitamin c with the day-to-day stress and just pace of life um and there's some fantastic herbs on that we use as well herbs like withania uh, licorice is a favorite of mine um things like chamomile valerian so for someone that is going through a really stressful period sometimes like the dietary and lifestyle stuff definitely will start to help but sometimes you've got to bring the body back into balance quicker and Mm. that's where herbal medicine and you know, seeing a naturopath can really help to get you on track and then teach you the lifestyle tips to stay on track. We've been going through the top 10 tips to help you stress less. Now we're at our final one, number 10. What have you got for us there, Peter? Well, this is this is just one that, um, you know, my wife and I have sort of worked out over the years ourselves with having originally two young kids who are now, you know, 18 and 21. But um, we still practice this today. And because we've always, you know, been fairly busy and, you know, both worked hard, um, We've found one of the best things for us that has really helped us to, you know, spend time together in the family is to break our year up into manageable chunks. So we always, you know, have a, a, a break at Easter, one or two weeks, a break in September, October, one or two weeks, and we always have two weeks off at Christmas. And we always try while we're away on that holiday at Easter, we'll be thinking about what we're going to do the following Easter. Mm-hmm. So every year, our year's broken up into manageable chunks. And then we'll also plan a couple of, you know, mini breaks away as well. And we've found that for us has really helped us to be able to maintain things as long as we're having good breaks. And for a lot of people that I see, having a staycation doesn't cut it. No. You know, thinking that we've got two weeks holiday and we're going to stay at home. Yeah. You know, for all of us, you're busy looking around at all the things you could be or should be doing. So for us, a, a break is, you know, taking ourselves out of our normal environment, going somewhere where, you know, we don't have access to internet and computers and things and having a decent break. All right. Well, we've got time beating us again, so thank you for that, and we'll be joined again with you next Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, talking about anxiety next week, Dave, so that'll be great. Health and well-being. It is our naturopath, Peter Mullen, with us here at 2NURFM.